0: what's up everybody welcome to the latest episode of the foul ball area podcast i'm your host matthew atkins alongside my co-host trey lyle and we've just been talking about wedding stuff for the past 10 minutes before we even hit record because as many of you know i recently got married a couple weeks ago and trey's big day is coming up next year so an exciting time for both of us to kind of delaying the uh recording process a little bit because we got a lot of stuff to talk and, about, talking and about I, w- I was in the hospital like the- and we were that supposed too, to record that
1: we were supposed to record in all honesty, we were supposed to record, uh, and I can the week, say the
0: week before the wedding. And we were going to record I, that Wednesday.
1: I was in the ER that night. Everything's okay. I uh, had a, had a, had some, had some surgery last weekend, but it's all good. Uh, we are finally back. And, um, the good news for us recording a baseball podcast in the only sport that's shut down right now, nothing really happens. Uh, you know, uh, a lot of fiery moves right before, you know, the, the lockout happened. And, um, but other than that, uh, not much. I think I saw Verlander might have agreed to an extension with the Astros, but not I think much has happened. that
0: Did happen, yeah. That did happen right before the shutdown. Uh, a lot of stuff happened right before the shutdown, which I I kind of liked that. You know, it's kind of like NBA free agency where you know everything happens as soon as free agency hits. This year in MLB, it was kind of like everyone wanted to get their stuff done before the league shut down. So, I kind of like the urgency and, you know, hearing these deals left and right, having a lot of news early in the offseason because, you know, the past couple of years, it's been waiting until February and March before we hear any big news. So, I kind of like that. Obviously, I don't like that the sport is shut down right now, but that's a whole other story. And we're going to get to that. But yeah, I think Verlander uh, is staying with the Astros, got some other big news around Major League Baseball. One of the other really big pitchers, free agents, going to another NL East team. And I'm not really happy about it.
1: Yeah. uh... I mean, we we kind of touched on this the last time we came together. Like it was it was rumored that the Mets were very interested in Max Scherzer, and it happens. And I mean, what a one two punch! Uh, we'll see what happens with the rest of the moves they make. I mean, but man, you 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 roll out Jacob Degrom and Max Scherzer as your one two. I mean, you have two of the what three best pitchers in baseball, four best pitchers in baseball. Yeah, that's uh, that's a pretty good one too. And if Noah Syndergaarden. Uh, obviously went to the Angels. I'm I'm blanking there, but this is still you know th- the Mets were carried by their pitching staff. Uh, they th- so I, I'm I'm more interested in what they do offensively coming down the stretch uh, when when baseball comes back. But that's a good start.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, it sure is. I mean, Max Scherzer, even though he's up there in age, he's still one of the best pitchers in the league. And the, I've I've said it so many times the stretch that he had with the Dodgers last year after he, after he got traded over there at the deadline was phenomenal and almost won him the Cy Young. Of course, he didn't quite win. it; He got edged out by Corbin Burns uh, of the Brewers, but he he was a strong candidate for the Cy Young this year. I really thought he was going to win it. had a fantastic season. He's been great for the past couple of years with the Nationals. I mean, I, I think I expect big things from him with the Mets. Obviously, I say I don't like it because I'm a Braves fan and having him back in the NL East, not a fan of that. But the Braves have fared pretty well against him in the past, so I'm not too worried about it.
1: Also, that World Series ring cushions the play. I
0: mean, yeah, that World Series ring feels pretty good. Not that I'm wearing one; I'm wearing this ring now. That also feels pretty good.
1: I don't have my class ring. I left it at my parents' house this past weekend, so so I I'm I am ringless right now. But other than that, it, it is a, you do have a very nice ring.
0: Thank you, thank you. I'm a fan so. of it. Looks good. <laughs> you should get used to it. It's a little <laughs> it's a little a little weird looking down sometimes and seeing it there, and I find myself like playing with it a lot. But I'll get used to it just don't really he wear a lot of, uh, jewelry usually. I don't even wear my class ring that often. I wear it sometimes, big events.
1: Try. It was so expensive, and my mom paid for it. I try to wear it every day because it was
0: that's it was a good gift. So Yeah, that's smart. Good for you. But uh, anyway, it. World Series rings, those feel nice, and the Braves just got one. So um, yeah, not too worried about Max Scherzer coming back to the NL East, but I would have preferred him stay somewhere else. I still don't know how much it helps the Mets because like you said, they now have two of the best pitchers in baseball, but... As I always say, they're still the Mets. And until they do something, I'm not going to believe in them. You know, until they until they make the playoffs again, I'm not going to believe in them because they're the Mets and they just do Mets things like lose when they should be winning. When you know they blow a division lead in the second half of the season after they've led the NL East all season long. So I don't believe in them yet. Got to got to actually see some results on the field before I get all on the Mets hype train. But good for them getting a big name in Max Scherzer.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think they're gonna make more moves when we when baseball comes back. Um, it it's definitely you know we'll see. Like I think the Yankees need to make moves. There's a lot of big names still out there. You know, Carlos Correa probably headline, but it it's definitely uh. It's a, it's a bold move. It's a move I like because you're getting, you know, a, a World Series champion, a proven winner. I mean, I, I think adding Max Scherzer and that type of deal is it's a high risk, but it, it's definitely, I think, going to pay off for the Mets who are the clear favorites now in the National League East. And when you need to go against a lineup like the Dodgers, I think the Padres will bounce back next year. You need really good pitching. And so I, I think the Mets are, are loading up as many guns as they can. To, to battle really still the juggernaut, despite what the Braves did, the Dodgers are still the juggernaut in the West and, or in the National League, I should say, and in the, you know, they do play in the NL West. But, so I I will say, I, I still think I favor LA because they they still, they have the starting pitching to match if healthy, depending on the Trevor Bauer situation. And they have a way better lineup, probably the best lineup in baseball. But I think the Mets definitely have given themselves, you know, I think at this point, baseball is, full of it's kind of like get as many firearms as you can from a pitching aspect in terms of both from a bullpen and a starting pitching and so hats off to the Mets who are getting it done
0: yeah yeah I mean it's a it's a good move and I think that he'll definitely be helpful for them but I just we'll have to see we'll have to see how it plays out on the field uh, we keep saying or you keep saying anyway that you expect them to get more offensive help and more bats in the lineup once the shutdown ends so let's talk about that a little bit because we haven't touched on that Uh, at all on the podcast since it's actually happened we talked about it coming but we haven't talked about it since it happened the mlb players association and the owners are currently locked out they are not talking they're not working together on anything it's a really bad situation it's baseball's first work stoppage since i think 1994 so i think so been a while since they've had a work stoppage you know other leagues have had this since then i think I think all of the other major leagues, NFL, NBA, and NHL, have all had some kind of lockout work stoppage. I don't know, maybe the NFL hasn't, but at least the NHL and the NBA have uh, since 1994. So it's not like baseball is unique in this, but it is kind of embarrassing that it's happening. They, I don't know. They just need to be able to, you know, work this stuff out. Like, it, I just a lot of it is way too complicated for me to explain and understand. But it seems like they should be able to work something out. You know, it it can't be that complicated for the people that actually know what they're talking about, and the people that are actually involved in this. It really can't be that complicated to figure out. But uh, it's just, it's a really bad situation. I mean, and it's it's wait, weird. who's the
1: commissioner of baseball?
0: Good point, Rob Manfred. I don't there know that go. he actually ever knows what he's talking about. Who
1: who who has true faith? I mean, it's 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 definitely uh, it's Rob. Yeah, it's Rob Manfred. I mean. I'm not shocked by this. This is this is de- definitely detrimental to the game of baseball, especially because they had a really good run, you know, looking at the World Series. And, and the Braves are such a popular team like, just because of the TBS connection. And and maybe maybe I was just in trance with a lot of Braves fans around me. Yourself, shout out to Brady Hess, who just graduated from law school at Elon. So shout out to uh, Brady Hess as well. Very much uh, someone who helped us out early on in our broadcasting career for GTX. For so, sure. Definitely wanted to give that shout out, but it, it's it's definitely something in which I thought baseball was building some momentum. It felt like a little bit at least, you know, with Shoei Otani and, and kind of these little moments throughout the season. So it, it's definitely, you know, baseball shooting itself in the foot. Once again, uh, if you're the players, you want the most money possible. If you're the owners, you don't want to give them as much money. And it, this has been an issue that's kind of, Loomed over baseball the last three years, especially during when all the COVID stuff happened. It kind of just seemed inevitable that this was going to happen. So it's not shocked by it. Uh, I've always been critical of the leadership in baseball, and so if you, this is a very much an anti-rob man for podcast. Um, so it, it's definitely just kind of bittersweet to see this happen. And the hope is, you know, the pressure of coming back into baseball um we'll we'll get these guys going in march and you'll have spring training and we'll be on a normal schedule i will say the one benefit of this this kind of work stoppage it definitely for the first time maybe in a long time uh, i know not everyone is signed yet but it gave us that nba that nfl kind of free agency field of baseball free agency where a lot of moves had to happen quick because all these players wanted to get paid before the work stoppage happened
0: yeah, that that I think that is the one benefit that came out of it because, like, yeah, like I said, we saw a lot of a lot of guys sign their deals very early on in the season or in the off season uh, because they wanted to be signed before that December first deadline. So that was exciting, and that was probably the one benefit that's come out of it so far. Uh, I, I saw a new report from the Athletic saying that the two sides, the players and the owners, are not expected to talk and meet on these negotiations until after New Year's, which I guess kind of makes sense because it's the holidays. Everyone's you know off with their families doing holiday things. So I guess that makes sense. But still, like they're just waiting a long time to actually talk about this stuff. And I think it's going to get us on a delayed schedule. I don't know that we have spring training on time or the regular season start on time next year because these two sides are not willing to meet and talk about things. So I don't know when we can expect the season to actually get started. I like it's.
1: I I have a solution. I think this is what we'll figure it out. Every key issue, we'll just throw Rob Manfred and Scott Boris, who really controls the Players Union, in a boxing ring and let it out. And then whoever wins that kind of gets 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 their decision met.
0: Because that's not a, a bad idea.
1: Unfortunately, if you look at the politics of how baseball works, it is it is Rob Manfred versus Scott Boris, who basically makes up the leadership who who's the agent of basically every major player, on the players association. So it's definitely a very unique dynamic. Like you don't see this in other sports, like where one agent controls most of the power, like, you know, like people say rich Paul does, but really he does like, he just, you know, he has LeBron James and he's very influential, but you still have CAA, you have a couple of agencies, same thing in football. You have CAA, you have a couple, you know, CAA is a big, group obviously but in baseball it's literally scott boris and everyone else like drew Rosenhaus was the name i was thinking of for football but yeah. scott boris very much has firm control of the players association because max scherzer is on the board I, a couple other names i know max scherzer is one of them and he's a scott boris client so it, it's definitely much scott boris who i would say is not the biggest fan or is the owner's not biggest fan versus Rob Manfred in terms of these negotiations. I know there's kind of, you know, the Players Association have leadership and a a representative and an executive director, but it really is Scott Boris kind of dictating what he wants and telling his players what they want and, and so on and so forth.
0: Yeah. I, I like that idea. Scott Boris and Rob Manfred in a, in a boxing ring, that would be a sight to see, but you know, I mean the, it makes sense what the players want like they just they want the most money that they can get which makes sense you got you want what you can get you know you, you got to go after what you want and so and i mean if the market is setting their value like you have guys like Bryce Harper and Mike Trout and you know anyone else who signed a huge 300 200 million dollar contract in the past couple of years you have those guys and if the market is setting their value at that point, then that's what they're worth. So when other players ask for that and people say, well, why are they asking for this much money? Why are these millionaires fighting with billionaires? Because the millionaires want what they're worth. That's what the market has said they are worth because other players have set the precedent and they've signed contracts that large. So if that's what they're worth on the open market, they deserve to be paid that. And you know, the owners, it's all just a drop in the bucket to them yeah i mean they've got billions and millions is a very big difference
1: and it's very true uh matthew uh it's it's politicized i mean this is this is what it's going to be for the next couple of months i don't expect much to get done anytime soon like i said i hope that we get. um, Sorry for that, yawn, folks. Uh, <laughs> let's. I hope it gets done in time for baseball next season. I think that's like a worst case scenario for baseball. If if you don't have, you know, you look at the dynamics of American sports. You have a couple of these sports that are growing in popularity, and you go away from the American limelight, especially for young people. You're going to lose that audience, and so. It's definitely something to watch out for as we approach next year. Uh, it's not an issue now. Obviously, winter meetings just happened a couple weeks ago, but nothing really got done, and so it, it's going to be a lot of a lot of crap before we get to a decision. and And that that's the unfortunate unfortunate part of it.
0: By the way, one uh, one weird consequence of this lockout is that MLB has instructed teams to not post on their websites or social media about, about current players, players. and they so if you look blank thing yeah like, if you look on the... their websites every player's headshot is blank do you see like
1: tre- a couple of players trevor bauer was one i know i shouldn't probably just you know shout out trevor bauer as much as i've been doing in this show but he's he's still in the limelight and you know legal issues aside, and we'll see what happens with that
0: but yeah it's uh, weird uh, having all these these blank headshots and then you know teams still looking for content on social media so they can't tweet about their current players so they turn to former players the mets sent out a tweet a couple days ago a a picture of david wright and they made it black and white and the caption just said the captain with a blue heart and an orange heart a lot of people took that to think david wright died (laughs) but the mets were just trying to post something get some content out there
1: Good news for the Yankees, they have a bowl game in their stadium, uh, which features
0: yeah, that's good content.
1: Our, our alumni, our our Virginia Tech Hokies. So that is who obviously has a very historic connection Exciting times connection to the Yankees. Uh I'd be the Yankees playing an exhibition game against Virginia baseball in 2007.
0: That actually is cool. You know, it's not the the most prestigious bowl game, but that actually is cool with the whole Yankees Virginia Tech connection.
1: Yeah, I know. And then oh, poor UVA. Like that's like UVA playing in Fenway man that's like I can make a lot of jokes about that it'd be cool to play in Fenway like I've always said I wanted to go to Fenway you know whatever team plays there is evil.
0: yeah it's a, it's a, one of the cathedrals of the game you got to visit it
1: so uh Matt we can go over uh some we we did over unders for every team and in in the National League I and I think uh do they still have standings up? Oh, you
0: know, that's a good question. Just...
1: So and see who is who is right or who is wrong more. I think you're going to have to track who 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 was who cuz I'm going to I'll just list it.
0: All right, are we just doing the uh, National League tonight?
1: Yes, we'll just do the National League this weekend and we can do the American League next week for our Christmas episode. Because Can't just, just like Christmas all the uh,
0: just like all the MLB teams right now, we are strapped for content. All right. Yep. See what we got on the uh, National League side.
1: All right. I'm pulling up the standings right now. Starting with the NL West. Uh, I think we both we
0: both picked the Dodgers to win the division. Yeah, we did.
1: Um, we both were wrong. Um, as and we also we also obviously had the Padres as our a wild card team that clearly didn't happen. But starting with the Arizona Diamondbacks, over under. 75 and a half games. <laughs> well, good news folks. They both hit the that we both took the under and it clearly hit the under as they went 50 they won 52. One first one we got wrong was the Colorado Rockies. We both went under at 63 and a half games. They won 74. So shout out to huh. them, pretty good season good for them. Yeah. The LA Dodgers at 102 and a half, which was ironically I think the most. I would have to look back. Um, both took the over there actually. And and they, they did get that at 106. San Diego Padres. Here's here's an interesting one. You took the over at 94 and a half. I took the under. That is a point for me. So God, I am one up go. seventy-nine and eighty-three.
0: Man, they really um, underperformed. And,
1: and then and then we both took the over in the Giants, which uh we did not expect them to win almost 30 more games than they were projected It's 75 and a half. They won one Oh seven, obviously. So, Ooh. so, um, I am one up heading into the NL East. All How right. about that? All right. So, so as for the Atlanta Braves, 91 and a half, we both took the over, which did not hit, but they did win the division
0: and the world so, series
1: and the world series. Yes, they did. And I think we both picked them to win the world series. I will say this as for the, uh, Philadelphia Phillies, we both took the over at 80 and a half. It did hit at 80, 82, and 80. So
0: nice. That's a close one. We point.
1: did think think they were, when we definitely got wrong, was the Washington Nationals at 84 and a half. We both took the over.
0: We that took was, the over on the
1: Nationals? We both took the over on the Nationals. Oh my gosh. We, well, you think about how good they were at this, like the roster. We thought, all right. Once yeah. all, yeah, so I 65 guess. and 97. One you got right and one I got wrong. How about this? We're tied right now. Miami 67 and 95. I was four games off and they were 70 and a half. And the Mets we both got right they went under 77 and 85. So it comes down to the final. I think we agreed on a lot of these so it's going to Yeah, we gonna, did. <laughs> so, Chicago Cubs, you took the over and had them as your second wild card team. I took the under and I will win that. So I'm back up one, 71 and 91. They were 70 was- 70- the number was 78 and a half.
0: Ooh, man.
1: As for the Reds, you took the under. I took the over. And now I am two up on you, sir. As it was 81 and a half, they finished 83 and 79. And that I mean, I, I basically clinched the national league here. Um, for some reason, you took the over on the Pittsburgh you know what? You took the over on the Pittsburgh Pirates at 58 and a half. They did go, they got 61. So <laughs> <laughs> you're one back. We both took the over on the Cardinals at 86 and a half and, and that hit. And then we split here with them. Actually, no, we tied. We both went with the Brewers. So I, I won here. We both got it wrong. 83 and a half. Uh both had the under in that one, and they went over at 95 and 67.
0: Man, so, so the teams we really we really underestimated the Brewers.
1: And the Giants.
0: And I mean we had we at well, least we did we at over, least took but the the I don't over. think we
1: I don't think we were gonna win 30 <laughs> more games. <laughs>
0: No, I don't. I did not expect that.
1: I guess. I guess you can technically say I. I didn't think the the pirates were going to win 61, 60 games. I got him. So, but I am one up on, on you. And this yeah. is. This is. Yeah. I'm shocked. I. I thought you would smoke me from like looking at it. I was like, I don't remember. I should have actually bet these. I would have done pretty well.
0: Yeah, you should have. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but it's okay. College <laughs> football is keeping me afloat pretty well. So.
0: Ah, oh, good. So,
1: um. Did we bet? Did we? I, I wish I wrote down who we um uh, uh you had the Cubs your second wild card team. I'm trying to figure out who I had as my second yeah. Wild I think
0: I did. Team. That didn't really work out.
1: That did not. I might have not written it down for the National League. I think I had the Cardinals. I that sounds I had, about right. No, maybe the Reds. Or I had the Reds winning the division. No, I had the Reds. Winning yeah, the- I
0: think I think you had two teams coming out of the Central. I think I had the Cubs and the Padres as my wild card teams. Obviously that did not work out.
1: It did not. So, well, uh, I think that's it next, next week is a holiday episode. So we'll, I think we'll figure out something to do, but just glad to get back on the microphone. Our, our, uh, it was fun. I introduced myself as your podcast partner during the wedding and everyone's like, <laughs> Oh, I've heard your voice before. I was like, I, yeah, I know the, you, I know I, you listen for just Matt, but I, I appreciate that.
0: I thought, um, you know, ever since the wedding, me and Mariah have been talking about her sister, Avery's speech, which I thought was fantastic. It was it and was great. Both, even, both speeches she, were great. Shout out to were, Eric yeah, as well. Yeah, Eric, Eric did a good job, too. I was really proud of him. Um, But Avery's speech, got a little shout out to the podcast in there. She said that she did in her speech, she said that Mariah used to make her listen to the podcast and she was not a fan of it. Uh, but I also heard that, yeah, I heard that you were telling people at your table that you were a uh, podcast co-host. So good job spreading the word out there.
1: It was a great day, uh, you know. Mariah becoming my friend uh, through you, our senior year of college, which feels like years ago. I know. And obviously, me introducing Courtney uh, to you two—it's been great. So, uh, great little friendship, and I was so happy for you guys. And it was a fun day—a day. If you asked me on Wednesday, was I gonna make it? I did not know, <laughs> so I was really happy.
0: Well, we're and glad I was able you did.
1: To, I was—I was able to be there. Uh, see, you know, a lot of. You know, I I became friends through a lot of your friends through you, so and I hadn't seen them since really we graduated because I moved to Kansas right away. So it was good to see you know Eric, Kyle, Jack, everyone who I hadn't seen in in a long time. And so it, it was a fun day, a happy day. Congratulations to you two once Thank again, um, Mazel Tov, uh, You're gonna have a a great life together. And so it, it was a fun celebration.
0: Thank you. I'm glad I'm glad that you had such a good time. I was, I, yeah, we were really happy. You had a we're great really time too, with, Yeah. Yeah. It was great. The whole, the whole, whole day was great. Yeah.
1: And now we'll do it for this episode of the foul boy. Tell you what, next podcast. week
0: for Christmas, Christmas, we'll give our, our wish lists for what we want in baseball.
1: That's, that's it. There we go. See, that's how we plan a podcast folks. That's some inside baseball right there. But as always, you can follow us on Twitter at Traylao at Matkins news. I have to remember your new Twitter. I think I've done it like three times. Um, at Foulball Area, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Make sure you subscribe. Give a five-star review because we need five stars. We don't need the four. We need the five. You know, there's four bases. Get it. Boom. I'm a genius. Five stars. Get it. Get it out there. Share it with your friends. You know, like Mariah, share it with your sister or your brother or your family members. And so that at a wedding you can talk about this very podcast. Thank you so much for listening to this special episode of the Foulball Area Podcast. We will finally be back. We'll try to get back to these weekly things crazy things going on in our lives, plan a wedding, change jobs, get your gallbladder removed. You'll you'll understand what, what happens here. So thank you so much for listening to this special edition, of, not special edition, this great episode of the Foul Ball Area Podcast.
0: Thanks for listening to the Foul Ball Area Podcast. Make sure to leave a review and a rating wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe so you get new episodes as soon as they come out.